Hey guys, in this episode, myself and my good friend Jess, a music festival content creator otherwise known by at living by the F word, are going to be breaking down the different categories of music festivals that you can attend. We're going to give examples and characteristics of each event, pros and cons, and share some experiences we've had at each of these different types of festivals. We hope this episode is really helpful for anyone looking to learn more about electronic music events. So with all that being said, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the dance music community, music festivals, and more. My name is Emma Capotis. Welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time tuning in. I'm so excited you're here. I really just want to jump into things today, you guys, because we have a lot of ground to cover. I really wanted to do an episode that was very... I guess you could say informational or educational for anyone out there looking to learn a little bit more about the different types of music festivals and electronic music events that you can attend around the world. I myself uh, have not done too many. I've only done like big city festivals and some music and arts festivals, but Jess has attended so many. She's traveled really well and she actually did a video on her own YouTube channel about this subject. So I figured she would be the perfect person to come on and tackle this subject with with me. So I'm really excited to get into things. Before we do that, one quick note about last week's episode, the giveaway winner has been contacted and selected. So definitely check your email or your social media handles to see if I reached out to you. Again, thank you to everybody who entered that. I will be doing more giveaways in the future. And again, stay tuned very soon on some merch announcements. All right, with all that being said, you guys, you know the deal. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe over on the YouTube channel. And of course, we have an incredible Facebook group community. It is the best. I love seeing your posts in there and seeing everybody chatting. So if you want to meet some people in the dance music community and talk about episodes and all kinds of fun stuff, um, definitely check out the Rave Culture Cast community group on Facebook. Alrighty, with all that being said, you guys, I really just want to jump right into things. Again, go show Jess some love and support. She has an incredible YouTube channel where she covers videos and topics like this. Again, she has been raving and attending events for so many years. She's had media at a lot of these events. Um, So if you want her thoughts and opinions on things, check out her channel and feel free to DM her again at living by the F word. Um, She's more than happy to answer questions on all of these events. So with all that being said, you guys, please join me in welcoming Jess to the podcast. All right, guys, we are back today. I have a very special guest. She's she's on again. She was already on the podcast. You might recognize her from the Burning Man episode, but I have my good friend Jess at Living by the F Word on today. Jess, say hello. What's up? Hi, everyone. Hi, Rave Culture Cast community. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, girl. Welcome back. It's been a minute. <laughs> it has been. That episode was uh, recorded quite some time ago, and it's mm-hmm. just so great to see how the podcast and community has grown since then. And uh, first time on video, though, for the podcast. So yes, I was going to say I was that was back when I was literally recording over the anchor app on my phone. It was just phone calls, no video. But it was a really valuable episode, you guys, if you're interested in Burning Man, definitely go listen to that so you can catch more of Jess. Um, Before we jump into everything that we're going to talk about today, uh, can you do a quick little introduction to yourself and where people can find all of your content? 
Of course. Yeah. So my name is Jess. I am from New Jersey. My blog and YouTube channel is living by the F word.com. Well, living by the F word or living by the F word.com. I love F words. So festivals are one of my favorite F words. I also am a flight attendant. So of course, flying means a lot to me. It's also part of the reason why I became a flight attendant. So I could travel to more festivals. I love fine art. I was an art major in college and I like creating my own festival of fashion. So I talk about a lot of F words that I'm passionate about. And yeah, you could check out my blog or my YouTube channel. And I'm at living by the F word on social media. Awesome. Yeah. Jess has a lot of incredible videos. She's great with a lot of the educational content as well. And so basically just to do a quick intro to like why I wanted to do this episode today, it was a couple of reasons. One was just because in this past year of not having events, I found myself educating myself way more on all the event events I haven't done. And like all the places I haven't traveled, you know what I mean? Not a, not a hobby I recommend because it makes you feel bad, but like, it's just amazing to see how many different types of electronic music events there are around the world. And for somebody listening, whether you're a beginner or you're like me and you really haven't ventured out that much into exploring different types Today, we want this to be like an extremely helpful guide. So we're going to break down the different types of music festivals that there are globally. Um, and Jess has traveled way more than me. Like she said, she's had a lot of experience at a couple of the events we're going to talk about. And she just did a video basically on this exact topic. So I'm going to link that in the show notes so you can go check that out. But I figured... I can only speak from experience on a couple of these types and Jess has way more experience. So this will be a good conversation we're going to have back and forth, but anything you want to say about that video and why you wanted to put that together? Yeah. You know, I, I've been noticing obviously since we've all been quarantined that people are interested and are just, you know, really like wanting to go to festivals again, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, people are kind of suggesting festivals that some people haven't heard about. And, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to educate people on different types of festivals because some festivals really aren't for certain personality types. It, mm -hmm. It's really important to know who you are as a person and where you're at in your life and to know about the actual festivals and and mm -hmm. the value they could bring you as an attendee. So that's why I put that video together, just so people can kind of understand the differences and the pros and the cons of, you know, being at a city fest or traveling to mm -hmm. another fest that's camping. Some people prefer to not camp. Some people love hotels. Mm -hmm. Some people love camping. I personally love camping music festivals. That's my favorite thing to do to be fully immersed in experience, mm -hmm. but everyone's different. So I just kind of wanted to put that video out so that people could understand the, the differences of all different types of festivals. Yeah. I love it. I think that's a good point. And we'll talk about that today. Like, I just feel like there's different, like you said, different personality types, but also some things just it's preference. It's comes down mm -hmm. to personal preference. Yep. And I've said this on my channel before. Like if you guys have watched me for a while, you know, what types of genres I like to listen to. I'm a, I appreciate all of them, but if you are a massive, like hard dance lover and you come to my channel, you're not going to hear me recommending hard dance events. That doesn't mean that they're not absolutely fucking amazing. It's just, I don't listen to that music. So I'm not your girl <laughs> to come to for a recommendation, but it's good to just have an appreciation and understanding of all of the options that are out there for you to try. And then you can experiment and do them. And I want to get on that as well. So I figured 
I have a whole list here. We're going to go through this. I'm going to start with city festivals because I feel like those are very, very common. And a lot of people I would say probably have done a music festival in a big city. Mm -hmm. So I wrote, this is pretty obvious what classifies it as a city festival. It's obviously an event that takes place either within or right next to like a major city. So um, Jess, feel free to add onto this list. I put like the big ones are Ultra Miami, uh, Electric Zoo in New York. Right. Yeah. Austin City. Yeah. Austin City Limits. Uh, Basically anywhere where there's no camping on site, you might see the skyline of the city in the background or there's Mm -hmm. basically no lodging on site. So I would consider that a city fest because you are staying somewhere within that region. Mm-hmm. usually within the city or somewhere near there in a hotel, Airbnb or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I put like movement Detroit is a big, Oh one. yeah. Yep. Awakening. Yep. All yep. of these life is beautiful crossed. I put uh, voodoo festival, which is in new Orleans. Yeah. So pros and cons, that's what we're, we're going to do. We're going to break these down. We're going to do pros and cons. We're going to talk about who these festivals might be a good fit for. And then we'll, I think it's good just to share our experiences at um, these types of events as well. Cause I, Maybe we'll start there. I will say the most events I have attended are city festivals. I've have not done a camping festival yet. And that's not that I haven't, well, let me rephrase that. I've done events that camping has been offered. I just didn't camp. So I have not camped at an event yet. Um, I live, Jess and I are both in New Jersey. So we live near New York city. So a lot of events I've gone to are in New York city or I've done EDC Las Vegas or ultra imagine music festival, So I feel like I have most often gone to city festivals. I love them. They're a great time. Again, there's pros and cons to everything. How, how many do you think you've attended city, city wise? Well, same as you, some, some festivals that do offer camping, I've stayed in a hotel, but Mm -hmm. uh, ultra is one that I've done quite a lot with Mm -hmm. WMC and Miami music week. Um, And yes, basically uh, I just, have you done Austin city limits? (laughs) I just drew a blank. I'm so sorry. No, 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 uh, I have not done. I have not done Austin city limits. Uh, I prefer camping festivals. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm trying, I feel like I'm drawing a blank movement is a good example to do and, and yeah. ultra. So I'll just go with those. Cause like those right off the top of my head, those are city festivals that I've mm-hmm. done. What's great about them is you obviously get to go home and shower. You have mm-hmm. a bed to sleep in. You, you know, are cleaner, I guess you could say like, it Mm -hmm. just, you're more comfortable. Uh, also you get to check out another city that maybe you're not from. So for me, you know, Detroit with movement, you're going to all these after parties, you're going to these after hours events and you're checking out different club locations and, Mm -hmm. and things, um, in that city that you're not used to. Or if you're at home, like for us with, electric zoo, something like that. There's so many after parties in your own city. And Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, New York, yeah, it's like the city I grew up around, but it's massive. There's so many clubs. There's so many things New York has to offer. So Mm -hmm. it's always kind of fun to be able to head out somewhere and just, you know, go, go home when you need to type of thing. Totally agree with you. So this is why I'm glad I have you here. Cause you, I did, I totally forgot about after parties. That's another pro we're adding that to the list. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote yeah. down same as you, a ton of accommodation options, which is right. great. I mean, super easy to get to mm-hmm. obviously discounting traffic of any kind. Like there's always going to be traffic with a large scale event, but usually there's multiple forms of transportation to get in, whether it's like a trains, bus, ferries, like whatever it might be. Um, I, like you said, with the skyline, usually really cool views. Like there is 
something beautiful to say about like destination festivals, which we're, we're going to get into, but I always loved the view, like in ultra, I thought that was so pretty with the skyline there in New York city. It's beautiful. So I do think like city locations offer a different kind of atmosphere. I would yeah, say yeah, for sure. Like, and, and with movement, it's right on the river. You could see Canada across the river, but you also see mm. downtown. So you see the buildings it's in Hart Plaza. So they have these really large industrial looking sculptures. And so I do think that the city fest bring and offer people, um, a valuable experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And what you, you touched on this a little bit. I also wrote obviously a lot of other activities and fun things to do around the event. So yeah, after parties is one, but just in general, like I know for people coming into electric zoo, if you've never been to New York, that's such a great experience, like to experience in New York city. I also had EDC Orlando down as a city festival. Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah, that c- yeah. is considered right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I did Vegas yeah, too. I know could... Vegas is in its own world, but like, it's the strip you're in Vegas. It's a city festival. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think I would consider EDC a city festival just because yeah. even though it's at the racetrack or the speedway, um, you still can, you're going back to the strip. Usually most mm-hmm. people I, I would assume, I actually have never done EDC Las Vegas, but I would assume most people are staying on the strip there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that would be a big one. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like that, I'm going to be camping this time whenever it happens. Yeah. I'm so excited, but I would just say like in general, one of my favorite things is Vegas and just doing all the restaurants and activities and like all that fun stuff. So I think there's so many different pros when it comes to city festivals, a lot of different options. Um, and they come in different sizes too. Like obviously EDC is massive, but I would even say, I'm trying to think, I don't know about the size of governor's ball or ACL, but like some of them aren't as big as like an ultra or EDC. I right. wouldn't think. I even think EZU is kind of on the smaller side. I mm-hmm. only attended one day. Um, yep. even though that's a local fest to me, I've only been once in 2015 for one day. Wow. Oh my uh-huh. God. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you've been, okay. You've been to a lot of other places, which we're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about today. Yeah. She's been busy. Um, okay. Cons. I wrote So like, obviously with travel, like you can deal with a lot of traffic. Like I even remember EDC Orlando this past in 2019, we went, we sat in like what felt, I think it was like 45 minutes to an hour in traffic. Same with EDC, same with New York. Like I'm from New Jersey and it still took me like two hours to get to electric zoo. And I took three modes of transportation. (laughs) It was like ridiculous. Right. I think actually I just thought crossed I've been to, that's a city Mm -hmm. fest in San Diego. So for con... I guess why I prefer camping fest is because you could just go back to your campsite or you could do after hours right on site. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about looking at your phone, trying to do an Uber, trying to coordinate your group of friends, trying to mm-hmm. get to wherever the after hours is. I just think it's easier. So I would say a con for city fest is the leaving of the festival Travel. and getting somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with you. I also wrote, yeah, usually don't have accommodations on site. So yeah, that it's a little bit more of an inconvenience. Um, I also wrote sometimes it completely depends though. I think on the festival, sometimes they can skew a little bit more on like the party side. And that could just be because it's in the middle of a city. So sometimes you might attract Oh, I'm going to use this term. Hopefully it doesn't have anybody less of a player crowd, because mm-hmm. I feel like with some of the events we're going to talk about, like transformational events or camping festivals, I feel like the atmosphere is just a little bit different um, than a city festival. Like you might attract more people who are not 
regular like dance music fans and are just coming to party for a weekend. I feel like that can happen a lot of the times with city fests. I could, I could agree with that just because especially if um, you're local to that city, mm-hmm. it's easier to, to attend. And if yeah. you're not really into festivals as much as we are, the people listening are sometimes, you know, you will get that type of person at mm-hmm. those city fests, I guess you could say, yeah, because they're not really dedicated to the music and the community like we are mm-hmm. so much to go and travel to an event. Some sometimes like obviously I travel to city fests and we all do around mm-hmm. the country. But uh, yeah, sometimes you'll get some local people that really don't care about even simple things like cleaning up trash, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They'll throw trash on the ground. I, I do find that. Yep based off experience, I do think some city fests are, you'll see a lot more Mm -hmm. like water bottles and wrappers on the ground and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I will literally never forget Governor's Ball. I was like, and Governor's Ball tends to skew younger too, because it's all ages, but I'll never Mm -hmm. forget. I was like walking by these two girls, looked very young and she just eats something and just literally throws her trash on the ground. I'm like, there is literally a garbage can two feet away from you. It was maddening. I just didn't, it was middle of the day. I was like, who taught, like, where did you grow up? I don't understand. Oh no. I call him out. Someone, someone at cross, like some guy just threw his bottle and he was literally like two feet from a trash can. I'm like, don't worry, bro. I got it for you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, cannot (laughs) stuff Um, like that is so upsetting but yeah like for the most part city fests are still amazing so you know uh, it's I love them I love them too yep yeah I mean they're the most of the ones I've done are city festivals so yeah you can't knock them they Um, still are so beautiful and unique 100% I also wrote too um sometimes it can skew on the side of like more crime now like that is obviously not a statistic but I do know EDC Orlando has a lot of issues with crime Vegas, New York. I mean, any big city, right? I think you can just equate that. Um, so I, I, that can definitely be an issue. And obviously we just say to be careful and watch your stuff and be smart and be aware of your surroundings at big city festivals. Um, who would you say this is a good fit for who should go to a city fest? Hmm. Well, maybe if, maybe if you're just starting to get into festivals, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's the right advice actually. I think that maybe if you're looking to travel and mm. you don't you don't really feel comfortable leaving the country yet, I think it'd be manageable to go to one of these city fests that, you know, mm-hmm. United States, we're both from United States. So I know there's mm-hmm. other listeners that are not from here, but, you know, um, to travel to a city festival because then you could kind of like dip your toes in getting to know festival grounds and not have to worry about the campgrounds as well. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these camping music festivals, the grounds are massive and sometimes people get lost and they can't find their campsite and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think that maybe if you just were interested in seeing what festivals have to offer, Mm -hmm. a city fest might be a good fit for you. Or Or if you just know you're not the camping type, you may be older and you may think like I cannot handle camping. I cannot handle waking up sweaty Mm -hmm. and I need my hotel and I want to get ready depending on the type of person you truly are. I mean, everyone knows themselves the best. If you don't think that you could handle being in a tent, then you might Mm want to do a city festival. Yep. I agree with you. I think like, yeah. I mean, even for beginners, like I, I think any of these are good first options, but yeah, if you're local and you just are, you're curious about music festivals and you know, like if you live in the New York city area or you live near Orlando 
And like, you know, that that event is coming up. Like I think dip your toes in and try city festival. Like it's a good entryway into them. And there's so many different options. And I don't, we didn't even talk about like international, but I'm pretty sure like I just did the video on exit. That one's in Serbia. And I think awakenings is like right outside Amsterdam as well. I just didn't know if awakenings was camping. I wasn't I don't sure. Think I didn't it think is. it was, right? So that's oh. technically a city festival too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm right. I know I have friends who have never been to New York and they say like, I just really want to go visit New York City and then I want to do electric zoo while I'm there. And I think that's like definitely like if you can combine the two, 100%. Oh, of course. It. Yeah. Same yep. thing like you said for EDC, like you could mm-hmm. see some, you know, stuff in Vegas or yeah. Anytime you go to a city festival, there's still value there because you're seeing another city. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree with you. All right. We're going to move on to Jess's favorite category. <laughs> we're going to talk about camping festivals, which yes. I one day will experience. I thought it was going to be electric forest. Uh, well, like to be determined, we'll see if that's going to happen, but I'm definitely, I'm pretty like 99% sure I'm going to do elements Lakewood, which is in September, which is a camping Ooh. festival. So, um, yeah, I mean, what classifies this is they have campgrounds on site they have different levels of camping we can chat about as well but you do have the option to stay on site in the campgrounds anything else you would say about that would classify it or that makes sense right (laughs) yeah no that that's exactly it basically there's different levels of lodging so you know you could just have regular ga camping some festivals have walk-in camping only where you can't camp next to your car there's other camping festivals such as electric forest where it's car camping which Mm -hmm. is really the most convenient because then you could obviously bring more things with you and have a Mm -hmm. bigger better campsite the walk-in camping festivals can be a little more difficult because you are lugging all of your gear in and so you might not be able to bring as much like a pop-up canopy for shade and Mm -hmm. things like that so there there are definitely some struggles with with camping festivals, if you're going to a walk-in one, you know, Envision and Tomorrowland, those are walk-in camping. Mm-hmm. So that might be a little harder if you're actually bringing a tent, but car camping is so convenient. You know, you're camped right next to your car, you have your car, you could lock things in as well. So you don't really have to worry about valuables in your tent. Um, I personally have not, you know, knock on wood, I personally have had some good experiences. I've really never dealt with that much theft when I've camped mm-hmm. at festivals, but it definitely is there. So you definitely have to, you know, be cautious. Be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to skip because while we're chatting about the different types, yeah. So you mentioned GA walk-in. There's also obviously VIP. It depends on the festival, but there's VIP, mm-hmm. there's glamping, there's cabins, there's apartments, yeah. like there's all different types of options, which I personally love because I, it depends on the person. Like you said, if you are flying in and you want stuff set up and ready to go, then the glamping options are a perfect thing because that usually means they'll give you a tent and bedding. Or if you can drive in or you want to drive an eight hour trip to electric forest or something like that, you can bring all your camping gear with you and just do GA. Um, so I, I really like that. There are so many different options for you, especially electric forest. I know has so many Tomorrowland. Yeah. Other examples here. We have Mysteryland, Shambhala, Okeechobee, base Canyon, nocturnal wonderland, Lost Lands, Coachella, Bonnaroo, Camp Bisco, Elements, Ever After, Imagine, Firefly, Wakan. I put, I'm pretty sure Wakan is a Yes, I think so too. Just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All amazing. And like, yeah, depending on, you know, sometimes VIP camping, you still bring your tent and you still car camp. So for instance, Mm -hmm. Electric Forest, their VIP is called Good Life, which I also like because it's... Mm -hmm. 
you know, VIP doesn't mean you're better than anyone. GA is just as important. You know what yep. I mean? But uh, yeah, you could camp still next to your car and bring your own tent and stuff like that. But your, your amenities are essentially better. You have, so just that mm -hmm. festival, for instance, there's three entrances and two into the forest. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you could kind of skip the big GA line and there's bathrooms and, sh and you know, showers, mm -hmm. air conditioned bathrooms, things like that, flushable toilets. So yep. um, your own private VIP party, silent disco afterwards. So there's just so dope. some yeah. amenities you get, even if you are still camping in a VIP area or, you know, there's cabins and apartments or glamping, like you said, where mm -hmm. you, they've set the tent up for you and you basically just have to fly in and, and bring some food and drinks and it might be a little easier for you. Yep. I think like the cool thing about that too, is it's like, it's up to your budget. So if you're, if you've been raving or doing events for 10 plus years and you're like, okay, I want a little bit more comfort or I don't know. I think the creativity too. I mean, obviously Tomorrowland is an amazing example. They're like superior level, but it's just really cool. Even Envision, we're going to get into like, it's just really cool to see the different options they offer. Like you can have different like TPs, like huge different campsites that they put beds inside of. Like it really, really is cool to see the options that they provide for people. And I think we can get into pros and cons too. I also think it's really interesting with camping festivals that they're offering more and more to the campers. So it's not just like, oh, you get a tent and you have easier access. It's like, oh, we have wellness programs. We have yoga in the morning. You can mm -hmm. make smoothies. Like they're actually making it a really cool experience for people to do tons of different things in the off hours when live music isn't happening. But talk about your pros. What are other ones you have? Oh, I just love, I just love being able to sleep when I want party when I want mm -hmm. that type of thing. You know, the, the after hours usually go until the sunrise. I really am like a sunrise criminal. I love after mm -hmm. hours and watching the sunrise. And I just think at camping music festivals, you don't have to worry about driving. You don't have to worry about someone else. You know, if you've been drinking or partying and someone else driving you, even mm -hmm. if it's an Uber, getting into a car, things like that, that I had kind of mentioned before. So I think the pros of camping on site is being fully immersed and also being able to attend things that you said, just like the extracurriculars that they mm -hmm. provide, like wellness and uh, panels and things like that, depending on the festival, you are just there. You mm -hmm. don't have to worry about leaving or any of that. You are just there for those three, four days, five days, seven mm -hmm. days, however long it is. Yep. And it's kind of carefree. And I, I personally feel more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I wrote immersive experience. I think mm -hmm. that's a big like, talking from a perspective of somebody who hasn't camped before. I will say like what I don't know. I really do not have an answer as to why I haven't camped. I can just say for EDC, for example, I truly just loved the strip and like, I just love Vegas. And I was like, I want to be near EDC week and all the nightclubs and the restaurants. And like, for me, the shower and like having a break from the festival at the time was what I was looking for. However, right. the transportation is just never a good time. And so that's why I bought camping. I was like, one, they've proven that the camping experience looks amazing. They've built this whole cool thing with the Mesa and then the pool parties and after parties, like, like Jess said, like everything's involved in one. But for me, the selling point was the convenience. Like I wasn't able to stay not wasn't able to our group never made it till the last set the last two years of EDC because we were always rushing to get an Uber so it wasn't a nightmare or we were rushing to get a shuttle and with Camp EDC you can go in and out so I wrote convenience is number one convenience you can go in and out 
your stuff's all there. Again, it's the safety of it. You're not leaving. You're not dealing with any transportation and it's more immersive. Like you don't have that mental break because you don't go home and come back. You are there the whole weekend, which I really, really like the idea of that. So I think just the, I'm going to report back obviously when it happens, but the convenience of that, I'm like, I'm staying till the last set. Cause I don't have to take an hour Uber home or wait in the Uber tent for 45 minutes. Like I can just walk back to my tent. So that alone is just going to give me so much peace of mind. I cannot wait. <laughs> Any really good camping experiences that stand out to you? Um, I think, well, my first camping music festival ever was Tomorrowland, which mm. thinking back to it was kind of insane uh, because I didn't really know what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. And I had this like little tiny tent, but that was interesting because it's such a global experience there. I was camping next to some people that didn't even speak English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like, I, I wish I had known another language type of thing, but it was right. like, still everyone was so united through the music. So, uh, at the pre-party there that they do a really big pre-party on the campground in Dreamville. Mm. It was just, that was really fun. Electric forest is one of my all-time favorite festivals. I mm -hmm. mean, I've been going for, I've gone six times. I think I've been going for years and it's just so much fun and it's grown. It's really interesting. Actually, if you look at the site map from like the year I started in 2014 to now, how mm -hmm. much it has expanded. Yep. It really, it's just getting bigger and bigger and there's just more people that you meet. I feel like you meet a lot of people when you're camping mm -hmm. at Electric Forest, at least I have. Yep. So um, Envision is great because it's small. Mm -hmm. You can get around the campsite fairly easy and it doesn't take that long. Nice. So, you know, all these camping fests, it just really, it kind of just depends. Um, there's smaller ones that I think are more manageable. Mm -hmm. And you could see more and kind of the mega ones, you really kind of have to plan your time out, but you're still there and totally. still fully, you know, immersed in it all. Like you said, like that's, that's like my favorite part. You're right. Convenience. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I wrote down a great way to meet people as well. I think that's the thing that attracts me too. I'm just like, I can't wait to just meet more people. And uh, same thing with electric forest. We're going to do a group camp with a huge group of people, but like just to walk around and people sharing things. And like, if you forget something and somebody else has it, like, and just being able to hang out there all day and just to have like a more chill laid back, like you can drink a little, like whatever. I think that whole atmosphere will be something really, really cool to enjoy. And I, I also wrote down, uh, I forgot about cream fields. That's another big one in the UK. Mm -hmm. That's a camping fest, but I don't know if I could ever. Yeah. I was going to say there are some experiences though, that I'm like, eh, cause even imagine music festival has camping, but you have to go off of your gut. Like if you're local and you've done it and you're like, I loved it. Great. But there were a lot of comments on Reddit saying like the Atlanta heat and you're in a parking lot, like eh, camping is not for me. So in those yeah. cases, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do like, a hotel. <laughs> even Coachella. I've done Coachella three times, but I did hotel for Coachella and I'm happy mm -hmm. because I've seen mm -hmm. some videos of canopies yep. flying off because the wind is so high there sometimes yeah, in the desert. And yeah, sometimes like, like we're talking about, there really are pros and cons depending mm -hmm. on the location of the festival. If you're camping. Totally. Yep. Any other con? Let me see if other cons. Oh yeah. Other cons I wrote, obviously again, it's, it's up to personal preference. If you like a, a bed and a shower and things like that, like not that there aren't showers, but if you want that level of comfort, then a hotel may be better for you. I also wrote, it can be noisy. I mean, you can attest to that more or less. I think there are like, I know Lost Lands offers like a, a quiet campgrounds where you have to be more respectful 
but that's the other thing. Like if you want to get a good night's sleep, would you say it's probably difficult? <laughs> I mean, if you're in GA, yeah. And you yeah. have no say on where you end up. It depends on what time mm-hmm. you arrive. If you and your group drive in and they c- kind of just shuttle you in and then that's where you are. So if you, mm-hmm. for, you know, for, I keep referencing electric forest, but it's like, just like, I guess at the top of my mind, but basically, yeah. you know, if you're camping next to the RVs, that's where a lot of the after parties are. And you, you'd be surprised, like the after parties, there are massive, like the mm-hmm. whole half the festivals there, like yep. it's huge. And so, yeah, it could be really potentially hard to sleep depending on where you are, or you could arrive really late and be a 20 minute walk from just the gate. And then you have to, if you're trying to catch mm-hmm. a set and walk another 20 minutes inside the venue, yeah, it can, you really have to like kind of time manage yeah, um, a little bit. Yep. If you're trying to make something and you like, you know, that would be a con is you don't really have a say over where you're camping. You just mm-hmm. end up there and that's it. <laughs> fair. I think we, we presented a good argument. I think those are fair points for everyone. That's, that's the important thing I think we're trying to say here is like no option is better than the other. Like it's completely down to personal preference. And I think it is good to try different options. So I'm excited to like finally report back to you guys right. <laughs> when yeah. I have the experience. And when EDC announced camping, that actually yeah. kind of sold me on going only because I know personally mm. for me, I would not want to deal with, I've seen the horror stories of yeah, the you would shuttles <laughs> there. I would go crazy. I just know mm. I would not enjoy that. So with a camping option, see, that would potentially bring me there. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We got to get you there. Yep. I think you would love it. Okay. (laughs) Next up is a really cool one. So this is transformational events. And I wrote down a couple notes. I know Jess can speak to this a lot more, but I wrote that these are types of events that are aimed at bettering you as a human being. They focus on positive transformation, love, feeling unified, awakening your potential, growing as a person, celebrating life, building on your values. They typically involve things like wellness workshops, yoga, meditation, all of the above. Um, And I also wrote they're way more of an immersive, interactive, thought-provoking experience, and they're meant to inspire inspire you. Um, And also, I would say a lot of them are very big on sustainability, which I know you can speak to, and uh, they're very eco-friendly, and a lot of them are more involved with like we're going to talk about it like Envision and things like that. SX, no, SXM. Would you say that? No, I wouldn't say that one, but they're pretty sustainable. That's why they came to mind. But that's my gist. What would you say about transformational events? Yeah, I think with transformational events, typically they are formed and founded off of pillars. Most most of these festivals, they mm-hmm. have pillars or values that they live by. So with like Shambhala and Envision, they have things that mean a lot to them that they were founded off of and that's what they try to teach their attendees and Mm -hmm. usually the attendees that go are interested in topics like you know what you said like sustainability um you know and sustainability is not just like leaving no trace and cleaning up it's like how can we even when we're not at this festival be better for you know where Mm -hmm. our earth basically like our home Mm -hmm. uh you know and there's so much to learn there's variety of topics it's it's not just about sustainability and food and stuff like that. There's a lot of time like plant medicine and natural medicines that they talk about and also digital creation. Actually, I know at Envision, I've seen some panels on creating videos online. And so there really Mm -hmm. is like a plethora of different topics. And depending on what you're interested in, you have these options to go and learn in order to make your life you know, what you really want it to be. So it's, it's really great because I think you, you end up leaving there feeling really fulfilled. Mm -hmm. 
I'm enlightened a little bit. Yeah. 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 You just feel good. And because a lot of them have wellness involved as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, making your body feel good, whether that is even just stretching in the Mm -hmm. common area or actually attending a yoga or maybe uh, attending something that potentially like a, a talk that potentially maybe um, a harmful thing that you've gone through, maybe like a mm-hmm. traumatic event you've gone through and they have a speaker there talking about this type of abuse, maybe that you went through. So mm-hmm. there's, there's like, it's, you know, really can be healing to yep. some people. Music is like a part of it, but it's Correct. Way, about way, way, way more than that. Yeah. Like music is one of the pillars, let's say, for example, of like Correct. seven that an event might have. And you named a couple like Envision. I put Shambhala, Lightning in a Bottle, Boom Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down Sonic Bloom and Lucidity, which I'm not that familiar with. But when I was doing research, those came up. Yeah. Um, I want to mention this and I want to make it clear. Burning Man is not a music festival, but I wanted to mention it here because I think it is a transformational event. Mm-hmm. Can you quickly, and we talked about this in our, our other episode, but for anybody listening who calls Burning Man a music festival, can you talk about what it actually is? <laughs> yeah, you know, so you know what? There are some people that consider it a festival. It has yes. festival-like qualities. The reason why I personally do not consider it a festival is because the organization doesn't Mm -hmm. want it to be called a festival just because that could be potentially dangerous because Mm -hmm. people when they hear the word festival they you know some people I don't know festivals can also bring a negative side sometimes when you hear that hear that term so I think that the organization it just wants people to be mindful of that Mm -hmm. Um, personally it is basically it's a it's an experiment basically it's a city in the desert it is a full-blown city with Mm -hmm. functioning airport and you know postal service and Mm -hmm. the um the burners that go there build it so Mm -hmm. it's not like a festival where you know for for example insomniac is a really good example you know Mm -hmm. they're going to provide the vendors they're going to provide the food they're going to provide the drink they're going to provide the you know the lights the stage production the artists all that you know, Burning Man is done by the attendees, by the community. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it so different. Mm-hmm. And it's a transformational experience in itself because yeah. of all of those things. And yeah. Yeah. And because there's, pa- there's panels and, and, you know, lots of things. Sorry, I have an itch for anyone no, no, watching no, no, on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, there's just so much more than mm-hmm. even what you could imagine at a festival, yep. skate parks bowling alleys, dodgeball, the installations and art cars are like ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Art cars everywhere, climbable art that is very interactive. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that in order for some of the art to move there, you actually have to go up and touch it and make it spin and ride around on it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that at least I didn't, when I was like a first time burner, I would like drive by the art and I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. I never really fully Mm -hmm. participated, which is one of their principles. So yep. yeah, they have 10 principles. So very similar to transformational festivals mm-hmm. in the way that there's principles or pillars that they value, that they want the community to adhere to mm-hmm. and, and kind of value themselves. Yep. 
Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. I just want to, I didn't want to confuse anybody. I just wanted to bring that up here just in case you're wondering like, Oh, why didn't they say burning man in this list? Yeah. Like it's its own entity. I kind of think so, it, but it mm-hmm. is important to talk about. Cause again, like a lot of these values are similar for that, um, that city and that event. Right. Um, I wrote down pros though, for transformational, I wrote immaculate vibes. All I get from <laughs> these events looking in from the outside are just immaculate vibes. I think it's really, really cool to see how involved people are. And I feel like just, you have to kind of go into it open to the experience because you'll probably get out of it as much as you put in. So I, I really love that people look fulfilled. They look enlightened. They have all these different activities that they can participate in. Um, and I think like, I don't know, I, I think like now I'm ready for it more than ever. And now I'm like, okay, I want to go there. I want to grow as a person. I want to hear the music. I want to meet so many different people. And so like I, who this is a good fit for, I think you'll just know when you're ready for that type right. of event, right? Yeah. And I think that people that go to transformational events, it's like more than just themselves. They're looking to better everyone mm-hmm. around them outside of that yep. particular event as well. So that's why like sustainability, it keeps coming up, but that's such a huge thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, on earth here. So I think that there's a lot of value in that because it you can teach someone um, what you've learned and it's more than just yourself and enjoying yourself to go see art and music. You know, you're really going to learn and then take that and bring mm-hmm. it back outside of the event. Yeah. I, yeah. The opportunity opportunity to learn and expand is definitely Mm -hmm. huge. And as far as sustainability too, like, obviously it's one thing just to like have no plastic at the event, but the other thing, which I've looked at a lot of the festivals, it looks like the stages are like incorporated into nature. Like the stages are made out of sustainable materials or things found on the Island or like wherever Mm -hmm. it is. So I think that aspect of it is really, really cool as well. And like we already mentioned this leaving no trace behind you, but, um, I think all of these events look amazing. And vision to me is something I'm really excited to attend when you're even Shambhala. I've, all of these have heard amazing things about, um, and boom, which is abroad for us sounds yes. really cool. And that only happens and every other year, right? Two years. Yeah. Yep. Two years. I was just okay. going to say, so, you know, that's something that's interesting with boom festival in Portugal. I wonder what they're going to do because I think in 2020, it was supposed to be the year. And then obviously mm-hmm. they postpone it to now it's this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they would then now do every two years from now, or if they're going to, since next year would have been, yeah, maybe back to back it. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I was curious about that because yeah, that does only take place every two years, that one. Right. And even in a smaller example, which some of you guys might know about, um, I know insomniac with electric forest went down to one weekend versus doing the two weekends. Mm-hmm. And they said the same thing. They wanted to preserve the grounds that they're on. Yeah. Cause it does a lot of damage to them. Yeah. It was, um, too, it was too much. People don't realize that it's a small community where a lot of these festivals are mm-hmm. and it, it can be it can be damaging because yep. there are people that throw litter out on the road. Uh, same thing with, with burning mm-hmm. man, even like, you know, there's a lot of, that's in a very small area in, in Nevada and people just dump their trash. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. leave no trace means like everywhere, you know what I mean? Yep. And so it really can be damaging, but yeah, electric forest, they had to go back down to one weekend because people fly in, they leave their camp gear, you know, mm-hmm. they, they leave, it's, it's a lot of work. And I don't think they really truly could, it was too much for the staff Mm -hmm. that were working on site. Yep. Yep. And one other thing I wanted to note too, depending on the event, like I think lightning in a bottle is four days. Like some of these can be a little longer. Envision is a seven day event, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Envision just started 
it used to be four days. And then mm. in 2020, it was their 10 year anniversary. So they expanded to seven days. Mm. And so for 2022, they're doing seven days again, but That's it's awesome. not, music is not the full seven days. So mm-hmm. the first few days are more strictly focused on the wellness and like panels. Yeah. And then the music, I think kind of comes in how they had it in previous years, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you'll see the music open up a lot more. Really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one kind of, kind of folds in like a couple of these can honestly be in different categories, of course, mm-hmm. but I wrote the music and arts festivals. Mm-hmm. So these similarly have some similar values and qualities, but this one is like, they celebrate art, music, performance, sustainability, life, wellness, etc. cetera. Um, a lot of these have more art installations, art exhibits, interactive elements, um, and also a focus on wellness um, and performance as well. Some examples, Lightning in a Bottle, Elements Lakewood, Coachella, Bonnaroo Music and Arts Fest, Okeechobee Music and Arts Fest, Jazz Fest, Voodoo Fest. Um, yeah. And again, Burning Man has elements of the art installations and all of that really, mm-hmm. really cool interactive stuff. Um, any other in, that come to mind for you from music and arts? I know I would say I would say Coachella was the one on my list just because yeah. like, top of my head, because that is I remember when I like was dreaming of go, going to Coachella. And mm-hmm. I remember I used to watch Coachella all the time. And it's just mind blowing the art that they did there. But even EDC Las Vegas has now really yeah. stepped up their game with large scale art. Mm-hmm. I also think there's some festivals going on in Tulum. I think it's, ooh, what's it called? Art, art. And, oh, I'm like drawing a blank. But there's like mm-hmm. a lot of large scale interactive art that is being brought to festivals now. Even Electric Forest tons of interactive art, art there as well art with me yes thank you yeah. i knew it was like art me and i, I was like screaming in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah so i i think that i think what's happening with festivals in general is people are realizing that the these large-scale art inst- installations mm-hmm. are especially with social media and how much it's grown this is this is bringing value to their guests but also the guests are then taking photos in in front of these large art installations Mm -hmm. and then posting saying look at like how amazing it is so it's marketing for the festival so you know I think large-scale art has really exploded in the last like maybe five years or so I would say like Mm -hmm. a lot more at festivals because they're they're realizing the potential that it has as a photo opt for their attendees and things like that Yep. Yeah. I was going to say Coachella, like leading the charge with that, of course, Mm -hmm. but I agree. I think it has become similarly, similarly to how like flow arts are a part of rave culture to Mm. me. Like I love looking forward to it. And there were some iconic staples that EDC Las Vegas is known for that people remember. So I, I agree with you because there have been times even at like electric zoo and and governor's ball, they don't do as much like that. Like they have very small, like Izu has like the different animals throughout as like photo ops. Right. Um, but they don't have like nearly as many like interactive things that you can do. And I do miss that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Again, it, it depends on the event. Those are city festivals, but I, I love them. I think the art installations are such a huge part of events now. Yeah. And you see art galleries too, actual galleries now at certain events. And I think it's important because sometimes you need a little, a little rest and it's Mm -hmm. so fun to look at. And you might have like an experience with your friends, like Mm -hmm. doing, looking at art or, or actually connecting, pressing buttons and, and making things move yourself yeah. like it's really mind-blowing like whoa did that just the do that? electric forest videos are i mean <laughs> like 
so cool they go mm-hmm. above and beyond but i totally agree with you even imagine music festival had um because i was gonna say we did set, sit down on the grass sometimes and they had a couple installations and they had some um artists that were like painting live like different canvases and stuff like that i know izu had some graffiti artists that were painting live so like all those things add to the experience and i think make these events really really fucking interesting yeah of course that's what makes a great festival it's not just the lineup it's not mm-hmm. just the location. It really, it really is a balance of having all these things, you know, to really make an experience great. And that's kind of how I've been attending festivals for a long time. You know, it's really about the experience for me now. Like the lineup is just an mm-hmm. added bonus, in my opinion. I yep. maybe when I was first getting into it, the lineup mattered. Of course it matters because you want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to go somewhere where the lineup is like you don't understand what this music is. Yep. So of course the lineup, of course, you know it's important, but I started attending events, even if I like really didn't know the lineup that much, just because I knew that the experience in itself would be amazing to travel there to, Mm -hmm. you know, see a new country or, you know, see a new city and, you know, connect with new people type of thing. So yeah. Yeah. And I think like, and obviously we can only speak from our experiences, like obviously living in the States and things like that, but it's a a totally different experience if you're living in Europe or in mm. the UK or something like that. Like all everybody's types of events are different, but there's so mm-hmm. much, the appreciation for dance music is different in certain places as well. So I would even say like awakenings and things like that. Like, I feel like it's just so heavily ingrained in their culture there mm-hmm. um, to a different level that I don't even think I fully understand. I want to, but it's just like, it's a different experience for everyone. And I was the point of all that was to say is like, I feel like the lineup to them is probably completely irrelevant. They probably don't even look at it because it's, everyone's going to be there. Um, so yeah, I mean, EDC Las Vegas is that way now too. I would obviously the first two or three years I went, you're looking for certain names, but now doesn't matter. You know, they're going to have amazing people no matter what. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, for sure. Okay. I think that's, I didn't have too much on music and arts. The next one I have is destination festivals. Mm. So yeah, this my is eyes just one. lit up for anyone uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not watching on YouTube. <laughs> if you want to go on a vacation and also hear some amazing music, if you want to go someplace tropical near a beach, a destination in the forest, whatever, uh, jungle, beautiful views, somewhere more in nature, like this is going to be your cup of tea. Um, do you want to name some of your favorite destination festivals? BPM. That's yep. probably one of my favorite BPM, SXM. I would consider Envision kind of a mm-hmm. destination. I mean, it's more transformational, but it does take place yeah. on the beach and also in the jungle in Ubita. So mm-hmm. like like you said before, some of these can fall into multiple categories of how mm-hmm. we're divvying them up. But uh, let's see where else would be a great Your video had Sonus. Oh, you know what? Oasis. Groove Cruise is my favorite festival. I would consider yeah. Groove Cruise a, <laughs> destination. Uh, a destination event because you're on a cruise ship and they, they take you to a different destination each time. At least Groove mm-hmm. Cruise does every year. The attendees vote on where they would like to go and the dates mm. and stuff like that. And then that's kind of how it's determined is on attendee feedback. So mm. yeah, for Groove Cruise, They've done everything from the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, Jamaica, and then from the West Coast, they've done uh, Cabo and like all Mm -hmm. over, you know, they really have gone all over. And so you're seeing a different island each time you're doing that. So cool. Um, Yeah. So SXM, like you said, in St. Martin, BPM is a couple of different places, but you're talking about like Costa Rica and 
It's in uh, Tel Aviv, Spain. I actually, so I actually have not attended the Costa Rica edition or Portugal or Tel Aviv. I attended when it was in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Yeah, uh, that's where it started. And then um, unfortunately there was like a tragic event that happened their 10 year anniversary. uh, There was actually a shooting inside one of the clubs. And ever since then they migrated and they changed their locations. Uh, but I went to the one in Playa del Carmen. I loved it. You know, the thing mm-hmm. about destination events like that, um, you know, same thing with SXM is you can get a, you could get a villa, you can get an apartment, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a city fest where you're like staying in a hotel and always clean every night, but you're seeing like all these new venues or there's beach parties or there's boat parties or there are jungle parties or, you know, Mm-hmm. private kind of villa parties that are kind of it feels like really exclusive but also so beautiful you know mm-hmm. a lot of them are on the water or you know somewhere where the scenery is amazing gorgeous yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's what I wrote location 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 mm-hmm. views on views usually amazing weather mm-hmm. um, I even wrote and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this I, I also wrote similar to like a transformational I envision it being like a little bit more laid back of vibes because mm-hmm. I just feel like I, I, I would just feel like I'm on a vacation the whole time. And so I just feel like the overall atmosphere would definitely be different. It is so true. You are so correct with that. Like, yeah. especially SXM. I think that SXM actually is for such a fairly newer festival. Mm-hmm. It is very global and it's very chill. Mm-hmm. You know, you're listening to these beats, but you could be like in a hammock or you could be in the yeah. water or you could, you know, it's just very like kind of just enjoying yourself laid back in a yeah. way where you're not trying to go from like stage to stage. Like you just pick the party you want to go to for the day. Mm-hmm. You're there, you know, That's it's awesome. very, you know, not having to worry so much about, you know, walking for from seven your- hours straight. <laughs> yeah. Walking from your campsite or whatever, you know, yeah. it's, you know, you mm-hmm. also get to enjoy extracurriculars like around the Island or mm-hmm. wherever on the boat, if you're on Groove Cruise or Holy Ship, something like that, you know, yep, you get to just like kind of do what you want. And it is definitely carefree. I feel like I definitely feel yeah. like it's a more relaxed and I do think it's kind of an older crowd. I will say that. I mm-hmm. think that for a lot of these events, it's people that really do, like you said, want to have that balance of being able to attend a festival and enjoy themselves, but also, you know, just kind of kick it in mm-hmm. a way. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, I mean, that's like part of the reason that I love doing this podcast too. It's because like, I I didn't know, like when I started going to music festivals and stuff like that, like I had no fucking idea of like all of these events and things like that. And like, maybe I, who knows, maybe I couldn't have afforded certain traveling or whatever it may be. But like now at this point in my life, like these are so appealing to me and these sound so interesting. And it's like, I don't know why I've been sleeping on them so long, but you know, if you're listening right now, maybe you're 18 or you're 20 and like you, this wasn't even on your radar. Or you didn't even have an idea about this. Like you're focused on the events in the United States or some of the bigger city festivals. I mean, if you can fly some of these places for the same amount of money and get a group together or something like that, like probably not spend much more. I think it's totally worth it to expand your horizons and try something completely different than you've ever done before. There's no age limit on it, but yeah, of course not. I think for me, I started traveling and I stayed in hostels. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, hostels are the best way, especially if you are solo Mm -hmm. and you get to meet people that way. So if the particular 
you know, city has a hostel and even you could stay in hostels in the United States. So I'm just saying, mm-hmm. since we're American, yep. I've stayed in a hostel for ultra before. It's just on the cheaper side. It is mm-hmm. kind of like shared living. So you might be living with strangers and you might not have, you know, control over your roommates, but they have different options. Like you could get a four person room or like a 12 person room. Mm-hmm. I try to kind of stay away from the 12 person. Cause then it's just kind of like adding well, a lot yeah, more to yeah. the chaos, but you know, you can't even get private rooms and hostels now. And hostels have just like really expanded as far as having uh cleaner, you know, rooms and private rooms too. Mm-hmm. So it can be like cheaper than a hotel and it's definitely manageable. I have done tons of solo travel, even to some of these destination events, SXM, the first year that it happened Mm -hmm. in 2016, I went by myself. I didn't stay in a hostel, but I did just get like a little one bedroom place that was, you know, affordable. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to kind of budget out. I, I wouldn't rule out you know, not going to these things. If you don't have a group to go with, I definitely actually encourage you to solo travel. I'm very, very big on that. (laughs) I did a whole video on my YouTube channel about how raving and solo travel changed my life. So I think it's definitely manageable to go to a destination event on your own. Even things like Groove Cruise, they have where if you want to, you know, book solo and then they will pair you with roommates. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely doable. I agree with you. Yeah. And if you're from like, I mean, we're from New Jersey. I I've looked into it guys. If SXM has never been on your radar, it's usually in March. Like <clears throat> it's only like a four and a half hour flight. So if you, if you could fly to Miami, you could fly to SXM and again, mm-hmm. you can do Airbnbs or whatever. Like you can totally yeah. find something within your budget. So definitely check out all of these events that we listed today. I'll try and find a way to share um, this list again. All of these are in Jess's video too, if you want to just check it out. So that she has them all there, but um, I think I, I kind of, you kind of touched on them already. I had gr- cruises in a separate oh. category. No, 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 but they are destination. So the only three I wrote down are Holy Ship, Groove Cruise, and Friendship because those are like the three that stand out in my mind. Right. But this is another category. So now we're talking about partying on a boat, <laughs> which you've done Groove Cruise, like you said, several times. Have you done Holy Ship or Friendship? I have not. Time, I have right? I have friends that have done Friendship and Holy Ship. And mm-hmm. I, ha- I know Groove Cruisers that have done both too. Okay. I personally have not. I'm a pretty loyal group cruise. It's not that I'd be opposed to Holy Ship, but this, it kind of comes down to knowing your, your style and, and what you'd be into. And for me personally, I just kind of like the style on Groove Cruise. It's a lot of house, tech house and trance, mm-hmm. yep. whereas Holy Ship, I think kind of dabbles. They of course also have house and they have a great lineup all the time, the but they also too, like yeah. kind of dabble in some of the bass music that personally I'm just not into. So mm-hmm. if you're a bass head, like, yeah, I would think maybe Holy Ship might be a little better for you. I do think last year on Groove Cruise, they had a stage with more bass music, but you don't really see it that much. And I'm a house head. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love house. So it just makes more sense for me to stick with Groove Cruise. Fair enough. But- yeah. I would say um, pros and cons for this, like speaking just solely from my experience, Holy Ship was always on my radar. And to mm-hmm. be honest with you, the only reason I didn't do it was because when I was in my early 20, early to mid twenties, I would just look at the price tag of that. And I would be like, I can't swing a $1,400 room or whatever. Cause it's the price of a cruise. Like it's the same amount. And like, did the other festivals I add up to probably end up being that much? Yeah. But like, if you're somebody who that isn't in your budget, that was personally my decision. Like why I never ended up doing that. However, just from hearing from people and their experiences and watching the vlogs and all of that, like also feel FOMO that I've never done them because I just, to me, the most attractive thing besides the lineups and all of the incredible music is just like, 
getting to be with all of these people in this immersive experience for four to five days, the artists are on the cruise with you. You have a high chance of potentially running into them and they take full advantage of the ship. So you have these really cool stages throughout and the views look incredible on like the top deck. And I love, love, love. You can speak more about this, the themes and how into it people get, they get all dressed up and it's a nonstop party. So those are all my pros for it. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, you you basically nailed it. <laughs> basically, a lot of the artists, not some of the larger artists get flown in for like the island party or whatever. Mm. But for the most part, majority of the artists are on the boat with you and you'll be in the buffet line next to one of them or hop yeah. into an elevator and it's Marcus Schultz and like, you know, stuff like that. So Sitting cool. in the theater, dancing in the theater, look behind you and, you know, logo dice, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. kind of something like that where they're there and they're willing to talk to you. I just feel like it's very, um, you know, like they're part of the family kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more than just a gig for them is how I personally feel. And the, the benefit too, and another pro of the festivals on cruise ships is another like kind of party when you want sleep, when you want shower, when you want, because Mm -hmm. your room is on the ship. So, you know, if you want to do a costume change, if you're uncomfortable, if you have a wardrobe malfunction, if Mm -hmm. you need to take a power nap, if you are sweaty and you're like, I need to shower now, Mm -hmm. you know, at most you have a 10 minute walk to your room type of thing. You know what I mean? It's very convenient. Yeah. And I think like, just speaking back on the the cost of it too, like when you do break it down, it is like you're paying for accommodation, production, food, like it's basically an all-inclusive trip. So it, it does like end up, I think being so, so, so worth it. Um, so definitely just like weigh, weigh those options and see what's affordable for you. But I, yeah, I remember Vibe with Aid, if you guys want some good vlogs, Vibe with Aid had a vlog from her Holy Ship experience. And I remember mm-hmm. she stayed up till like 8 a.m. She's yeah. like, I didn't sleep. I just stayed up the whole fucking time to yeah. watch the sunrise, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that is a difference with and I could be wrong, I guess aid would know better, but with Holy Ship, I think they probably have like after hours in their rooms or something like that. But I know for a fact, Groove Cruise is always 24 hours. There's always music scheduled. There's not one hour that does not have music. There's always music going on. So the after hours on Groove Cruise are my favorite. They're usually like on the top upper deck in the back of the boat and you see the whole ocean, you see the sunrise. It's just so cool. Really beautiful vibes. It really is amazing. (sighs) And you guys listening to this now and this comes out, I know this is painful, but these events will be back. And I hope this is just good preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing for Jess and I is like, you know, in, in closing here is like, it's just the education aspect. And if anything, it's like, I wish I knew about so many more of these events two years ago, three years ago. So I could have like switched things up and done more, obviously not having been able to travel this past year. There's still so, so, so much time, but yeah, I hope that you just learned something new or maybe discovered some types of events you had no idea about. And now you guys can go do some research and add some some different events to your itinerary, hopefully in 2022 or whenever these come back. But any any other closing thoughts on all these different types of festivals? I just think they all have something special about them. And I think it's great to experience all of them if you can, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that you just learn from all of them and you kind of learn to budget and and know which ones you want to go to and experience. And you could kind of, you know, if you are on the younger side, I started younger and I didn't have 
a lot of camping gear. I didn't have a lot of things to bring with me. And you learn, you learn from your neighbors that have been doing it for, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years that the festival has been going on. And you just learn from different people that you will attend with and, and you get used to it. And I do think it's manageable. Even if some of them have a higher price tag, I think that there's tricks that you can take to still attend them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I completely agree with you. And if you have any questions, obviously we're here to chat with you again, we're going to, I'm going to link all of Jess's stuff so you can go watch her videos. Cause they're super, super helpful, but, um, where else plug where everybody can connect with you again? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Uh, so it's living by the F word on social media and living by the F is my blog and it has all my socials on there as well. So yeah, awesome. feel free to DM me. You could voice note me and I will get back to you. If you have any questions, I'm very open to talking about all this. This is like my big, my biggest passion is traveling to festivals. It's why I became a flight attendant. So I could go Mm -hmm. to more festivals. Love it. Full circle. Yep. All right, Jess, hang tight. Everybody else. I'll be back with uh, dance music news. Alrighty, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you again to Jess for coming on and helping me out with this topic. I learned a lot from her and from her video and I hope that you guys discovered something new that is always my goal with all these episodes I just hope that you learn something where you find it valuable or entertaining or all combination of the three of them again if you guys are enjoying these I would absolutely love it if you would make this your Instagram story today and tag at rave culture cast that helps get the word out about this podcast and that's what drives this thing we keep going because you guys keep listening so Thank you so much for your love and support there. All right, I'm going to get into some industry news. We have a couple things I want to go over today. Um, Where do I want to start? I'll start with some music news. So Rez tweeted, I have so much new music that it's actually overwhelming building a future tour set. By the way, this new tour production will actually will be actual sorcery. And my album is done. She just a little drop, drop that little little note for us on uh, on Twitter. So guys, She's building a tour production that is actual sorcery and her album is done. We've got new music coming from Rez. I'm super excited for it. Okay, uh, we also have new music coming, a collaboration between Dylan Francis and Elenium. Does that not just sound like a beautiful gift to all of us? I can't wait for that. So he basically tweeted uh, a text message with Nick Elenium that it's time to finish our collab for life is beautiful, which is really, really exciting. So I can't wait to hear what they've been working on and when that comes out. All right, a couple announcements. So Excision shared this post on his Instagram page. It's an update on some of his music festivals. So I'm going to read that now. It says, Headbangers, while the world begins to reopen and vaccine distribution in the U.S. ramps up at an encouraging rate, we, along with the rest of the music industry, are making plans to bring in-person live music events back to reality. Even though we are still unable to host and play shows like we used to, it's slowly becoming safer as the weeks go by. We don't know when live shows will be back in full force. Maybe it will be earlier than predicted or maybe it will be later. But no matter what, we have to be ready. Large scale festivals take many months to plan properly. So we have to accept that if we want live events to be waiting for us at the end of this pandemic, then we need to start making plans for them far in advance. I'm extremely hopeful that it'll be safe for events like Lost Lands, Bays Canyon, and others to happen this year. But rest assured, if any date approaches and the conditions are still unsafe at the time, then we will cancel them or I will not perform at others. 
your safety is my number one priority. With all of that in mind, we will be launching ticket sales for Lost Lands next Thursday, March 18th, and in the following weeks, we'll be making Base Canyon 2021 tickets available, as well as approving Excision to be announced on various other festival lineups. Very exciting. We'll also be discussing new event safety regulations to implement when shows are back. Every promoter is going to approach this differently, and for Lost Lands and Base Canyon, it's too early to say. No matter what, we will follow the guidance of our medical advisors in addition to state and to city and state official guidelines, and we will keep you posted. While we don't know how long we have to wait, we are confident that we will eventually be back in full force. I hope you can bring us in in this optimism with patience and understanding as my team and I are working tirelessly to bring bass music back into your lives as soon as it is safe, which is awesome. So you guys, tickets are going on sale, which is promising, but again, nobody knows. Nobody has a, a map or a guideline of how this is going to go. So I think that was a really great note. They're monitoring the situation. They're waiting to see how many people get vaccinated. But I think it sounds like plans are in place just in case they can successfully have their events. So I'm sure a lot of you who planned on attending Lost Lands and Base Canyon are excited to hear that news. Okay, in other festival news, Electric Zoo moved forward. And this is a big deal, you guys, because if you have been following, New York has obviously been pretty strict throughout this pandemic with, you know, events. It's been on lockdown since the beginning Electric Zoo at this moment in time is planning to move forward. I do not know at full capacity. I don't know what the safety regulations are. All I know is that they announced at this point that I'm recording their Friday lineup for Friday, September 3rd. Um, Clearly, there's going to be an Ophelia Records takeover because you've got Seven Lions. You've got Midas on here. Who else is on Ophelia? I thought, oh, Crystal Skies, Alesso, Ali and Fila, Cosmic Gate, Ikali, um, Fatum, 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 I never know. Um, Loud Luxury, Mime, More Kismet, Nina Las Vegas, Peekaboo, Shipwreck, Sippy, Subtronics, Valentino Khan, and Zed's Dead. All on Friday alone. Um, oh, and it says Stage Hosts, Brownies and Lemonade, and Dead's Be- Dead Beats, which is really cool. So I will keep you posted on Electric Zoo News. On the other side, um, Electric Zoo obviously works with Made Event or Made Event produces Electric Zoo. So they made an announcement as well. I live in New Jersey, so this is a big deal for me. Made Event puts on like all of our events locally. So any of you guys living in the tri-state area, um, they made an announcement saying we want to start off by saying we've missed you. It's been a year since live events were paused and we've been working tirelessly and endlessly to find ways to bring live music back to New York. But we know that can only happen if we all work together to keep each other safe and healthy. With the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine underway and rates declining all over the U.S., we are hopeful that live events can come back by the end of summer and that fall and winter season will be in full swing. We can only hope and pray to God that that is the case. We hope you understand that these live events can only happen if we start planning now so that we can curate the best experience just for you, especially since we need to make up for lost time. With that being said, we are working hard behind the scenes to prepare for Electric Zoo 2021 and beyond, and we're excited for everything we have planned for you. Um, Same thing, guys. Just we need all need to work together, and they're going to keep us informed on all of those events. So very long-winded way of saying, guys, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We all need to work together. We need to follow city and state guidelines, and I know everybody's level of comfort is different. Everybody's situation is different you know, their health, all of that. But um, it is really, really exciting to hear plans in place and it's really promising and we are almost out of the other side and I'm really excited for live events and anybody who works in the industry and people who have been out of the job. Um, And as a fan, I could not wait 
more to return to the dance floor and music festivals and to meet you guys in person and all of those things. So it's really, really exciting at least to maybe have a timeline in mind of when we'll be back. So I will keep you all in the loop. Um, more updates to come. It's all very exciting. But um, yeah, those are all my industry news updates for right now. And that is all we have for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this topic. Please give me some feedback. Um, I want to hear from you at Rave Culture Cast. DM me at Emma Capotis. My DMs are always open. Let me know what topics you want to cover, guests you want me to have on. You know, the Facebook group is always open for communication and conversation. So please, you know, join there. I want to meet you guys and chat with you in there. Um, And I hope you're enjoying all these topics and guests and all that fun stuff. So I'm really excited for the coming episodes. A lot of a lot of exciting stuff going on. Like I said, merch is in the works. A new merch line is in the works. So I'm really excited to share that with you very, very soon. All right. With all that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Bye, guys.